0: uh okay, so I'm gonna just, I I don't have a lot of funny jokes like I was thinking before I got up here I'm like greg always has these awesome perfect jokes. Aaron always has well that's true he started it for me I guess but he always got hugging stories but I just start talking so I hope it's okay but um, okay, so what I want to do is I guess I'm just gonna start by kind of talking about how we got to this point. So you know last week if you were here you talked a lot about love and what love looks like, and just forgive my voice because it's, it's kind of, I have a little cold, but. Um, so I just want to follow up with that, but what's really awesome is last week before he started talking, or before we were just saying, what we were going to talk about for the next couple weeks? Um, I was up in the middle of the night, and God just started downloading all kinds of crazy stuff um, at that time, which I felt like was definitely for me, but as Aaron and I were talking, I just knew that, as, you know, what we, we were talking about, doing a love thing, that all the stuff i downloaded was going to just be so great to to share with you guys as well and so i really have to i mean it was just already written and i love when god does that because i know that it's him and it's not me does that make sense so it's like i already had something it's like that's what it is you know it's not like i'm sitting here through the week thinking okay what i don't know what to do maybe it's this maybe it's that i mean i already had everything this morning i just sat down and kind of tried to organize it a little bit so um, I'm just going to just keep going with what he talked about and really just going on with the thing of just tr- being transformed by love. Yeah. And I know it gets, sometimes, maybe you feel like it gets a little bit old just always hearing about love, 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 love yeah. But that's because that's what it is. Yes. That's what this whole thing is about. Is it's about love. Yeah. And Jesus is love and that's just what it is. And I feel like sometimes it's so easy to take love for granted. in the fact that we so easily say, like, I love you. But... It's like we take it for granted, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like we mean it, but it's just we, we just say it so flippantly, I guess is a better way to put it. And, and so, I just really wanna, I'm just gonna build this whole thing off of the, the story of um, the woman at the well. And so that's in John 4, if you wanna follow me, cause I'm just gonna kinda pick it apart and use some of the verses just to kinda go with some of the points I have. And um, I, if you aren't a note taker, Slash if you are a note taker, you need to take notes. So get something out to where you can write notes, or if you have a phone, like however that works for you. Just, I'm just encouraging you really to take some notes today because I feel like you're gonna be, this is gonna be something that you're gonna wanna go, be able to go back to and revisit to evaluate yourself, you know, daily or weekly or monthly, or you might just be in a time in your life where you're like, I need to go back and see where I'm at. And it's just, I feel like it's gonna be good for that. So just take some notes. Um, Especially because I have lots, of, I have several like lists, I can be a, a list person, but I just feel like these lists will be really good for you like in the future and stuff. So um, as far as that goes, those are the things I really want you to take notes on, just like some of the lists that I'm going to talk about, but of course anything else that speaks to as well. So um, I'm going to start just by reading the story. It's kind of long, so maybe I'll just go piece by piece, but... Um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do, is go piece by piece. So, what happens when Jesus comes? Okay, so we're going to go from, the whole theme here is going from performing and duty and stress and all that, just to a place of rest and love. Just Or should I say love and rest, either way, we can going to change those two. And so that's kind of what the thing is here. So, I'm going to start out just by John 4, 1. I'm going to go through verse 6. And um, I'm doing an LT, so... And I'll read it from my iPad. So it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Okay. Uh, Though Jesus himself didn't bat- baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sicar, near the field that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Okay, yes, that's that's. six. A different version that I was reading, it said rest. So basically Jesus rested. Okay, so that's the first point I wanted to talk about was that Jesus rested. It is so important for us to get that and to understand that it is okay and it is vital to rest. You have to rest, and I don't just mean like sleep at night. I mean that that the things that you do, if you're continually, and I know he touched on this, but I just want to reiterate it. If you're continually trying to do it out of a place of getting it done yourself, that's not rest, that's working, and that's striving, and that's trying to make things happen. And how many of you know that when you have something that you want to get done, like for me, it's like, what can I do to make that happen? Yes. And so I then I try to like work for it, like, okay, I could do this, I could do this. Like for example, right now, really, really, really going through a really uh, hard, difficult time with Chloe. And um, it's just been a really rough year for her, and so, I mean, he and I, we're just like, at this point, it's like, we need to figure out what do we need to do to fix this problem? Like, this is a problem. We are not satisfied with how things are going. What do we need to do? And so we're kind of like on the borderline Well, we have been of just like trying to work to figure this thing out. And I really feel like last night we came on with a solution that I felt such peace about. And it was really just came to me out of a place of not trying to figure it out. It was just like all of a sudden, boom, it came to me. Yeah. And I feel like that's just a good example of what it looks like to work from a place of rest. And so I just want to start out in the beginning of that story. Jesus is resting. That's what he's doing. He's not trying to, he is not like walking around trying to find somebody he needs to spread love to. He literally is resting. So, okay. So I'm going to read it from up here. So can you keep going? to seven? Okay. So as soon as the Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. And the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. So she said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Um, so, okay, so a couple things here. Um, before I get, keep going on this, I, there's two things I want to say back to the rest thing. Michael, if you guys know Michael, the guy who plays guitar for really long hair, It's the best way to describe him, everyone knows that. Um, he had this, a phenomenal vision last week. We had a meeting with some of our youth, with our, our five youth leaders, and he had this phenomenal vision that he shared with us, and I felt like it was very pertinent for that meeting, but then as the week went on, I felt like it became a vision that was very good for me personally, but also for our house. And the vision that he had, I want to share it with you. Um, Basically, it started out where he saw everybody on a dirt, I don't know if it was himself or what, but regardless, picture yourself. So it was a dirt, a dirt foundation, kind of a dirty, um, unstable, I guess is kind of how I took it, uh, dirt foundation, okay? So he's standing there and he's watching this solid concrete um, pad foundation being poured. And so, solid, sturdy, new, just very fresh. Um, foundation being poured. And then he stepped up on the foundation. And when he stood up on the foundation, then he laid down on top of (laughs) the foundation. I was like, I think that was it. But I was, this is a phenomenal vision because it represents so well what God is trying to portray to us. And that is going from a place that's shaky and dirty and uncertain where we don't lay down because we wouldn't lay down on the dirt. But stepping up on something that's clean and solid and good, and in that vision, he laid down rest. And he's working from that and working from that position. And so that is I just want you to picture that because that is what God is saying. Like, I'm taking this, but I'm pouring out something that's firm and good and, and safe to lay on, to rest from. And I just thought that was so good. I want to share it with you guys. But also in Psalm 91, uh, Psalm 91.1. I think I have that on here. Yeah, it says those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty, and that's it. That's the key to rest: is is living and dwelling in Him. That's where that rest comes from. Okay, so sorry, I have to backtrack a little bit, but that just just getting that rest thing so important. Okay, so back to John and uh, seven through nine. Okay. Basically, that's where Jesus was resting. Remember, the woman comes along. And then she's questioning him, like, why are you talking to me? We aren't supposed to talk. You know, Jews and Samaritans don't talk. And, um, and that, when the thing I take away from that is this. We have to be willing to work from place of rest, number one, which we've already established. But in that rest, there's going to be things that come along. So this woman comes along, and we have to be willing to pour out love regardless of who it is or what that looks like. So he didn't care that he wasn't technically supposed to be talking to her, right? He did it anyway. And so I was doing some searching this one night that I was telling about when God was downloading some things to me about loving well. And maybe some of you have done this, but Beth Moore has done a study, uh, has a Bible study on loving well. And in that, she talks about the four types of people that we come across that we are to love well. This is so fun, and I love this. I don't want you to think about it. And I want you to write this down. Okay, so there's the the person that's a joy to love. Okay, and that would be someone who's a pleasure to love. Like, for, for example, Hadassah. I mean, who doesn't love her? You know, she's just a joy to love. Okay, so that's someone who's easy to love, right? Um, then there's the person who's testy, the testy person. And that is a person who's a test to love. Like, they really work your nerves. Okay, so like I said, the thing that we're going through with Chloe. I'm just to be honest, Erin had to send me to my room last night. Had to send me and her to our rooms last night because she is testing my nerves. And and me know, like I told him, I'm like, I am just having a hard time just loving her. I hate it. It makes me so mad because I know it's wrong, but I'm just having a hard time. And so that's the second type of person we gotta love well, As someone who tests our nerves. Works our nerves beyond anything. That most annoying person that we would want just to ignore or to lash out at, you know, that's the second type. Okay. Third, and this is a good one too, is the person who's far from us. So, like, an example for me would be like um, the nations. Because it's like some of us just the nations are our thing. For me, I love the nations. It's not my main thing, so it's, it's I've had a hard time. Around, you know, having all that love for the nations, you know, but that's just like a thing that's far for me. It might not be for you, but you know, do you get what I'm saying? Or maybe it's like a homeless, a homeless person. It's just someone that's far from you. It's not an immediate connection to you. It doesn't necessarily like tug at your heart, but we still have to love well. Amen. We still have to love that, that person well. Um, I don't know. Those are just some examples for the far. And then the fourth type of person to love well is the example of the story, and that would be a foe. You know, the one who is hated, Um, we may cringe when we see them. So, like, I was trying to think of examples for all these. One of these, I put like a former spouse, maybe, or I don't know, an enemy from high school, or something like that, a foe. And so, you've got those four types of people to love that God is calling us to love well. Every person in your life will fall into one of those categories, and they may hop back and forth, like Chloe, from one category to the other. So, the person that's a joy. Testy, far, and a foe. And I just thought, this is phenomenal because this is Jesus right here. He is loving a foe. He doesn't care. You know, he's going after, he's loving well. Okay. Can we go back now? Let's go to verse 10. Uh, John. Okay. Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Okay. So. For that, okay, I got a lot for this one. So he, basically what he's saying is he knows the Father. He knows God, right? And um, and so that's where the transformation comes. When we know the Father, when we know him, that's when we get intimate. That's when we allow him to love on us, being transformed by him. Now, this is the greatest thing. I don't know if I read this or if God gave me this. I don't know. I had it in my notes. But it says... When we get intimate and allow Jesus to love on us, then we, me and Jesus, get to go out and love on others. Isn't that good? He doesn't leave us to go out and do it on our own. We get to do it together. But how can we do that? Because if we try, if we don't get the love from Him and allow that time to be intimate with Him and get Him loving on us, allow Him to love on us, when we go out and try to love well, we fail. We fail. Period. Because we're just doing it because we have to and then it's just really a mess. Because then what happens is we try hard and then we blow. You know, we blow it. Which is, oh, it's fine. But it's so much better when we get to go do it together with Jesus, you know. And so um, we cannot, we cannot even pour out something that we don't have. So if we're not getting that, we can't pour it out. We can try, but like I said, it's not going to happen. So just one other night when I was awake, god god's awesome i I just had i just knew that okay let's step over here for a minute so at the beginning of the year i just told god this is the year for me that i want encounters that's going to change me forever so that like i'll be able to say like you know some people are like back in april 12th of 1979 i had a love encounter and i was on the floor for 12 hours and i was never the same i said to god this year i want an encounter like that i want to be able to say back in 2015 when and then i was never the same and so that's just kind of got me to where I'm at, just trying to figure out, you know, God, how are you going to do that and make that happen and stuff. And so my my thing is, my heart is to spend time with Him, get intimate with Him, and I know that's part of it for His Him and I. And um, and so Catherine has a phenomenal word for me, and she was just saying that, that and I'm not saying this is for everyone because it's not, but she was saying that like. Just because of the place I'm at in my life, being a mom, having a lot of kids, and just the responsibilities here, and just other areas, being a wife and all these things, that the, the time for God and me, is going to be in the middle of the night. And the secret time with Him is just going to be in the middle of the night. And I was just like, I received that, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I like sleep. But this is a great thing because God is so awesome because this is the perfect time to start that. Because the baby's up at night. Anyways, I'm up. Anyways, and so it's like, why not take advantage of that? So, when after she spoke that over me a several weeks ago, I started to realize that, like, the baby gets up every night. Uh, almost at that point, she just started getting up every night, like right around 4:30, and um, that, like, that was the first time of the night at 4:30. So I looked up. Uh, I started. Look- I'm weird about like numbers and stuff. I just know that God speaks to me through numbers, things like that. And so I, I looked up in the Bible. I just started looking on every chapter 4, verse 30. I don't know. That's just how I, this is what I do. And um, I have to find out where it was. I can't remember exactly which one it was. It's back here somewhere. But regardless, it's, uh, um, I found verse 30. But then I backed it up to like 29. I forget what scripture it was. But it said, but if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And don't we know where that's at. I don't think um, But I was like, yes! So, you know, God's saying, yes, if you seek me with all your heart, I will be there. You will find me. So, in all that, um, one night I was awake at 4.30. And I was just, you know, I was just God was just showing me, like, I feel like I'm at a place where my heart sometimes is just locked. Like, I don't want to be that way. I don't want, I mean, I don't want to be locked off. To people, or to God, or to what God wants to do, but I just felt like that's where I was at, and, and so I just started praying. And like I was just like God, you know, what, what is it? What does that look like? So He just started showing me pieces of my heart that were on, that were locked, but it was like a process that we were going through together, where He was just going to slowly like start to unlock those things. And I love that about God because it was just that felt safe to me, you know, because He's safe, and and so it's like uh, it would feel scary to me, if he was like, just unlock everything, just do it, like, you know, but like, he knows me so well that it was like, okay, let's just like slowly unlock some things here, and so he just starts showing me some of the things that were locked up, and why, like, almost like I was kind of so-soing myself, I don't know if that's possible, but I was seeing things like from when I was younger, and just different things as to why some of the doors in my heart were locked up, and, and so, I, I just say to you that it is, its just ask the Holy Spirit to start unlocking the things in your heart that you have locked up, that's going to prevent you from truly walking out what it looks like to love well. There, there's only a certain, I can only go a certain distance if I'm going to keep things locked up. You know what I mean? So, so that's just what I want to encourage you to do. So um, maybe we'll spend some time doing that. But what I want, now what I want to do is like, I think that sometimes when we have pieces of our heart that are locked up, it can result in certain behaviors and things like that. And so here's where my list come in. All right, so get ready to write um, because when I when I was up, this I just was like, Ooh, it literally was like God. Oh, was like using my hand like, I had this great list that I'm, I'm so excited to share with you because it, I know it's going to hit home. So um, the the thing I want to do is we're going to do two lists. Okay, so. We have what it looks like to love well on one side, and then it's like love, loving well versus performance, okay? Or or loving well because you're who you are, and you're you, and God's in you, and all this versus performance and pressure, 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 pressure. I hate pressure. I am sick of it. And um, and so here's what this looks like, okay? So you ready? Right. So on the loving well, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to say one versus the other, okay, they're going to just go down the line. So loving well looks like this, stress-free versus pressure. Okay, it looks like, and I can repeat this, but I'm just going to go through it. It looks like loving first, so like you're willing to love regardless, versus loving as a result, and that's so good. I'm willing to love you no matter what. You don't have to do something, so then I'll love you. It's just I love you first, and that's the loving well side versus the pressure and the performance side is I'll love you because you did this. That's loving as a result. Okay, the next one is um, the God game was culture versus an atmosphere. So, like, a culture is something that's there. It's established. Love When you love well, it's just a culture that's already going versus an atmosphere that can shift and change because it's it's... You know, it's dependent. You know what I mean? So it's culture versus atmosphere. Another one is lavished. So you're just like pouring it out, man. You're just lavishing these people or whoever it is versus earned. So you're lavishing like, so Chloe, like I I need to just be lavishing her no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, versus making her feel like it's got to be earned. And she's got to behave a certain way. And she's got to love me a certain way. And she's got to treat me a certain way. And she's got to, Clean stuff up because she loves me kind of thing. So it's lavished versus earned. Loving well looks like it's being poured out versus withheld. Right? So it's always poured out. People in your life you come into contact with, they should continuously feel when you're loving well that things are just being poured out of you. Love is just being poured out of you versus withheld. You know, you can get around people and it's like, it's like, you're kind of like waiting and waiting and waiting and then it's like, oh, now I feel it. It's almost like they withheld that love until certain things happen and then they let it out. You know what I mean? That's not that's not, that's not not loving well. That's yeah. just doing stuff on performance. Um, okay, another one is genuine versus forced. How many you guys know the difference between that? There are people who you genuinely, you walk up to and you feel is so 100% genuine. And then there's the one that's that's forced, and you're like, that was such an awkward situation, <laughs> you know? Walk away, like, I love you, and then it's really awkward. Okay, um, and then another one is being intentional versus having to show it. So, we're at a family reunion, and you have to show that you love your cousin, or whatever it may be, versus being intentional about, I really love my cousin, you know? So it's intentional versus having to show it. Another one is, and this was, is this was really, really good, and this is, um, I'm going to talk about it again, but this one is, it just comes natural versus having to make yourself aware. So, so I really want you to think about that a minute. It makes me so, I get so mad at myself, the fact that I have to walk into Kroger and make myself be aware to be loving. That makes me mad. Because I should walk in and it should be so natural that I don't tell myself, okay, you're gonna have some encounters with people and you need to be loving today. I shouldn't have to do that. That's just being self-centered, and I'm gonna talk about that in a minute too. But it should be so natural. When we are so close to God, we're so intimate there, loving well is just natural. It's just natural, man. It doesn't matter, like you walk in, you're like, Yeah, like that's what you're thinking. I get to love people today. I, when I get out of bed, I get to love my kids this morning, it's going to be an awesome hour before they go to school. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Okay. And then the next, the last one, I think it's the last one I have is, yeah, the last one I have for this list is representing Jesus well versus giving out the false perception of who God is. So, so you're loving, and re, or you're representing Jesus well. And that is such a good question to ask yourself. And, and what I'm doing, and how I'm acting, and what I'm saying, the looks that I'm giving, is that—is that representing who Jesus is? Is that representing Him well? Versus just putting off a total false perception of who God is. Because the reality is, if people know that you are a Christian, or you go to church, or you've been saying the word God, or well, heaven, or whatever, they now have pinned you as who God is. They look at you in it, and what you do and how you act and what you say, that's how they see God. That's, right. that's it. And so, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> but, we gotta represent Him well. So, and that's what loving well looks like. Okay? Good? Do you want me to go over that again, or are you guys good? Good? Okay. Alright. Okay, so let's go back. Let's go. I'm going to read verse 11. So, back to John. Hold on a minute. I'm going to look it up on here. Okay. Okay. But, sir, you don't have a rope. See, so I'm going to go from 11 through 19. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoy? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Okay, so I really want to focus on 16 through 19. So 16 says, go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. For you had had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Okay, so for this part of the story, what I got from this was that um, he, Jesus, was so so focused on his word of knowledge. I think Jesus can have words of knowledge, right? I don't know. But anyways. so he was so focused, right? He was so focused on, on hearing like what what was going to penetrate this woman, right? So he the thing is, I want to go into on this is he was not self-centered. He he already knew this. He could have just focused on that and like, like whatever, or he could have been like. I really just want to sit here and rest, da-da-da. I, I need to spend time resting. The disciples are going to be back. I need to do this, whatever. And so I want to focus on the, the fact that he wasn't self-centered there because there's a big key to that. The fact that he said that part to her, that like he he spoke that over her amazed her so much that we'll find out in the rest of the story that that's what got her to go out and tell others because it it, it rocked her world when he like knew those things, you know? So I want to spend time just minute here talking about being self-centered and Drew actually brought this up a couple weeks ago in URSSM and it's it, it really struck me because it finally put a name on what I was right so Michael W Smith how many of you have seen the the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost movie so Michael W Smith we were watching it in our life group and um, just this past week he said I think I quote him right he says when we stop caring what people think about us, we start to become free, totally free. And that is so, so, so good. Now, self-centeredness does not just mean that you're caring what other people think. Okay? That's probably the side that, like, I used to really lean on, like, being so worried about what people thought. And really, it's like that fear, like we saying about today, the fear of man, fear of what people think, fear of what people are going to say. But it's not that for me as much now which that's part of self-centeredness um, i about what other people think but it's also being so focused on what i have to do what i need to get done what's on my checklist in and this net and, and we just talked about that in the school ministry because it was like for a lot of us in there we were like well you know we go to the store or whatever and it's like we need to get in we need to get out we got to get home we got to make supper we got to get all the ingredients we need for the birthday cake we gotta um for me it's i have the the, the kids with me and i gotta get in and get out before somebody has a out or baby starts to cry you know and so it's just oh it's all and what am i doing i'm saying I, I i i i it's all about me and that i when we talked about that and finally it's like we put a name on what it really was uh-huh. i just started to feel a little conviction because that's the truth there is nothing there is nothing that is more important than being able to show, the, show God's love to somebody. And and, and hearing God speak to me and giving a an word of knowledge and telling somebody that God loves them or whatever the case may be. You know, I, wow, who do we think we are? It's not about us. If somebody cries or spazzes out, so what? I guess it goes back to I shouldn't care what people think. Right? Isn't that where it goes? I guess it does. And so... Self-centeredness, you just have to get rid of that. And I, I did write down like a couple I statements, like, I need to do this, or I don't have time to do that, or I'm in and I'm out, I don't want to look silly, whatever it may be. But just the self-centered thing, man, the devil just certainly has us trapped right there. Yes. Because, I mean, seriously, we do. We, we just we hop around trying to do what is on our agenda. And I'm not saying it's bad to have like agendas of what needs to happen, you know, it, that's important. But figure out what that looks like for you. What does it look like? What could you do to, to be able to go into the grocery, stop caring what people think, so that you can be totally free to minister to the person who's looking at soup with you? You know? I mean, yeah. So it's just really good. Jesus wasn't afraid um, to, to care what the woman thought when he said that, because that's kind of a touchy subject. Like the marriages and all that and he didn't care what she thought he was willing to um put himself aside and just to to say to talk to her you know and so that's really it's just a good thing okay so here's what i want to do on that this is be exciting okay yeah all right how many of you take selfies no one takes selfies in here get your hands up right now you know you do okay I hope... People are like... You know you do it! Okay. So what we're going to do is... This is going to be fun. We're going to take self-centeredness to a whole new thing. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick out this thing called Selfie Sunday. Alright? But the reason of it is not to put your picture and blast your face. The reason is because when we start blasting Selfie Sunday out into the Twitter and Facebook and Instagram world, people are going to see it, they're going to be like, "What is self that, that church looks really fun. Okay? So we got an ultimate motive here, okay? We're going to like try to get people to Jesus. So what I'm going to do is take out your phone. Take out your phone. And we're going to take selfies. And can you put a hashtag? Do you have a hashtag thing up there? And so right now I'm giving you permission to take out your phone and take selfies. Get with someone, not just yourself. Get with somebody else. Maybe like mix it up a little bit or something. Okay, and I'm gonna take a selfie with you guys in the background. All right. How many of how how many of you saw that Ellen? Where was Ellen at when she took this? It became like the most tweeted selfie. Did you guys see about that? It was Ellen in like was it the Grammys? And who was she with? Like. Everybody anyways, it was the greatest selfie ever and it got like it was it's like the highest selfie ever taken or whatever like Where so many people saw so why can't we do the same thing and so did everybody take a selfie? So look up here Okay, so Now I want you to go to your social media. Can we get that hashtag slide up there? And you're going to do these hashtags. And we're going to do this every week. We're going to have Selfie Sunday. And if you want to take 10 more selfies out in North Northex and stuff, please, let's do it. We're going to blow Facebook up. And Twitter. So here are your hashtags. Selfie Sunday. Tip City. Erwick. Erwick Family. Love. Okay? So now you have two minutes to now Instagram it. Tweet it. I don't know how to tweet, but if you do, go ahead. Twitter. Facebook do it right now' yeah. <laughs> <I should. laughs> Is everybody done okay sorry there are a lot of hashtags <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, you gotta get the filter, you gotta get the zoom in on whatever, and all this. You could also add hashtag boom, if you wanted. And then if you have the emoticons, do the little hearts. And a smiley face, and one with a kiss. Oh, I see Matt Davies up. That's good. Oh, I see your... oh there's Camden. All right, now do not be on your social media while I finish talking.
1: I <laughs> 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 you know. Now I.
0: Agree. All right. Good. Alright, bring it back Okay, I'm going to keep going Don't forget to keep doing those though Every week when we're here we're going to do this Okay So the verse where was I? Verse 19, so that's the self-centered thing Quit being self-centered Quit thinking about yourself Quit worrying about what you need to do Get over it It's going to happen, whatever you need to get done is going to happen Your kid spaz out Mine will probably be in the aisle or doing the same thing, so we'll just, you know, settle a lot be fun to laugh about. Um, <clears throat> okay, and here's the next list next list for you to write out. Okay? It's kinda it's kinda similar to uh, well it's a little different, okay? But it's it's kinda taking self-centeredness and seeing what it looks like when we have love. So once I love versus duty. Okay? So we're doing things out of love versus doing things out of duty. Okay. When we are doing it out of love, our thoughts are I get to versus I have to. I have to go to church today because it's Sunday. Versus I get to go to church. Seriously. Okay? The next one I want to. I want to. Versus I will. Right? So a lot of times, yeah, I'll do it. But we're not doing it out of love. We're doing it because we should. It's a duty, Versus I want to, which is out of love. Okay. Next one, I care about you. Oh my gosh, I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, I'm gonna hurry. I care about you versus I know I should care about you. You know what I mean? Like You really do care about that person versus you know you should, so you will. Okay, then there's um, spending time versus making time. Then there's looking outward versus looking inward. Because when we're loving, we're looking outward as far as like what can we do for others What does that look like versus looking inward such as how does it affect me how's it going to inconvenience me how much time am i going to have to spend doing it when do i have to go what do i have to do how much do i have to drive who has to come blah blah blah. okay and then there's freedom versus control i just bind and cancel all control freaks right now speak to myself right now because i really struggle with this but I just want to be free. I just want to be free. I want to parent in freedom. I don't I want I don't wanna I just wanna come to church in freedom. I just want to speak in freedom. I just want to worship in freedom. I just wanna look around in freedom. I don't want to have to worry about controlling people or worry about what's going on or worry about who's doing what or worry about who's struggling with what still. I don't care. I just want to do it out of freedom. I don't care. I don't want to control. I can't control. Every time I try to control, I get mad. Okay. Instead of that. And then the last one I have is being vulnerable versus being cautious. And I'll just get off on a tangent on this too. I'm tired of being cautious and withholding things and being scared and operating out of that versus just being vulnerable. Just be vulnerable. Yeah. Do it. If you're not able to be vulnerable to the people who are so close to you, then you have an issue. And you aren't being vulnerable with God. If you are not able to be 100% vulnerable to your spouse in every way, then you have issues with God. You can't even be vulnerable with God. And that's a problem. So you need to figure it out. I, I'm working on it. Or else I could give you some stuff myself. I don't right know. All of it. All I know is just what Jesus unlocked pieces of your heart. Is all I could say for that. So. Okay. Um, Alright, let's do verse. Let's go back and do... Um, We'll get to verse uh, 20, and I'm just going to finish. Don't worry, I don't have many notes for anything else. Verse 20, John 4, 20. So tell me why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Jerusalem, where our ancestors worshiped? Okay, now I'm going to focus on verse 21 through 24 just for a second. Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus, when he's talking, he is talking like he knows what He is talking about. He has total, he is 100% convinced, he has authority, he knows what he's saying, and, and he has no problem with it. Now, oh, um, here's the thing. You guys can take. You can th- think how I thought, and that was this. Well, he's Jesus, right? He's Jesus, so like he's God, yeah. But this is the thing, and I had to ask Drew for the verses on this because we talked about this the other night in the RSSM, and that's this. Um, where did I write down? Let's put it back here. Okay, Jesus was 100 percent man. 100 percent. And here are the verses to prove it to you. It's first you're gonna first we're gonna look at Hebrews 4, 15. Okay? And it says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. I'm talking about Jesus. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So he faced all the testings, right? So he was tested. Remember when the devil tried to tempt him and tested him all that stuff, right? Okay, but now look at James one thirteen. get there, but it says God is never tempted. It's in the middle. God is never tempted to do wrong. So when Jesus was here, when he was walking around, he was walking as a hundred percent man. He was tempted. So all those things he did, all the thing, all the miracles, all the when he was saying that stuff to the woman and the people. It wasn't it wasn't like oh well, he's Jesus like oh, he's Jesus. Well yeah he was Jesus but he was facing the same temptations that we do. And and so wipe that little weird thought out of your head that well he was Jesus, so no. He was tempted the same. That's awesome. That encourages me because God was never tempted, and so we know that when Jesus came here, he was holy like total man. Total man, just like us. And so when we think of that, I just, I just wanted to talk about that a minute, because that's good. It was natural for him. Remember when I said it's, what, uh, loving well should be natural versus, like, forced? It was natural for him. Yeah, you, and so I'm just what I'm saying is wipe out the theory, well, he was Jesus. Well, okay, but he was 100% man, he faces the same thoughts we did, you know? Okay, moving on. Let's hop to verse 28. I'm going to do 28 through 30. I kind of already touched on this, but... The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. So I, I already touched on that. That was because he was willing to put himself aside and hear the word of knowledge about all of her husbands, right? And so he wasn't focusing on himself. He could hear the word of knowledge and he was able to tell her that she went out she told of people and they all came back. Okay, and so then in verse 34, skipping down, then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. His nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent him and from finishing the work. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I look up and look around. Okay, I'm going to stop there a minute. Um, where does his nourishment come from? It's just another point of being intimate. Being intimate, that's where it comes from. The ability to do all these things, be intimate with him. That's where the nourishment came from. Jesus, as a man, coming on the earth, as a man, remember, 100% man, got his nourishment from being with the Father. Okay. And then verse 39, what happens at the end of the story? I sent you to heart, or no, I'm sorry. Verse 39, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Salvation and love. And all that is just loving well. Yeah. Is it good? So good! I was so so good stuff, such good stuff. So I guess what I want to do is just encourage you that sometimes I think that one big thing is like Jesus was here just like us, and sometimes we look at him and we're like, well, he was Jesus. Well, yeah, but he did all this, and and the story is so good; it just portrays all of these things. And so what I want to do is I just want to have I just want us to pray for some like I'm gonna. Pull up some people just to pray for others. People who I, I feel like God's highlighting have shown that they could steward loving well and things like that. Just to kind of pray over you if you want that. And so, um, Catherine, we come up. I'm just having like some, I'm just gonna name some names of people. Just have you guys like light up right here and maybe play some music or something. Do you want to play this with you? And then um, we're just looking to see if God's highlighting for me to like come up. With Brittany, you come up. So like I feel like uh, Catherine really carries the ability to to um, look past the self-centeredness thing. So if that's you and you really struggle with just going into a store and it's okay, please admit it because we need to get that thing kicked out. And so she's really great at that. Like her and I, every time we're together when we're talking, it's always about others. Always. It's never about her. Um. It, so she. That's something that she would feel like it could, could really impart. Brittany just. She just goes after it. She doesn't care. She just loves well all the time, so she can impart that over you. Um, Josh, would you come up and just pray for some people? I feel like Josh really offers uh, an understanding of unlocking places in your heart. If you feel like you're locked up in your heart and maybe you have no clue what they are, like that's where I'm at and was, and there's still some things that I don't know, he is a phenomenal one, and Angie too. Come up and um, they will pray for you. And um, Drew, will you come up? Drew just totally operates out of the um, the understanding. Like this is a big thing: understanding that Jesus was the man. He was man, and he has no problem operating out of that. Understanding that he can do even greater than what Jesus did. So if that's you, and you're just hungry for just being able to go out and do more. Like, have him pray for you. And then if, uh then Aaron, do you want to come up and pray for people? Okay. And so, that's it. But we'll pray. Play, play like, kind of loud. Yeah, drums. This is a good thing. We're getting ready to some stuff. And then we're going to learn how to love well. And if you need any other prayer for any other type of loving or whatever, I mean, it could be anybody that prays for you. I don't care. If you want, there's pastors over here that will pray for you. There's people in the congregation that will pray for you. Let's just, let's just pray for each other. And uh, if you wanted to get some invitation here, it's coming up. So, yeah. We're just going to ask Tiana to come up if, if the nations. Like, if you don't have a heart for the nations, and it's hard for you to look past, like, local or even nationally, I just feel like she carries that heart and, So she she can have a lot of value there for the nations. So it's hard to see that. So that's you. Yeah, so let's just all stand. We're all stand. uh, If you're not getting prayer, let's just support these people who are wanting to go deeper. Just like it's getting their hearts unlocked. And man, I just feel like God's doing it. So just support your family here.